Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. Who 
uh, was drafted pretty high this year. He hasn't looked all that good, and uh, today I heard that Devontae Booker is going to get more playing time. Um, any thoughts on that backfield situation? Yeah, it's really an unfortunate thing because we were, all remember the first game. C.J. Anderson was really good, and all of a sudden, uh, last few weeks, he seems like he's kind of lost it and uh, having to rely more on QB. It kind of messes up the situation. So I think this week against the Texans, I'm going to hold off before I use any of these running backs, whether it be Booker or Anderson. Yeah, I've got a deep dynasty league where Booker is now starting. So, um, you know, it's nice that he's getting more uh, work, but in SFB 480, I've got C.J. Anderson, so it's kind of a conundrum, as it often is when you've got multiple teams. Um, For the Chargers, it was a really good game, but really the best player was Hunter Henry. He was the darling in this game for the Chargers. Is he clearly Rivers' go-to target? Can you trust him for a fourth straight week, and do we think he's going to get another touchdown? Yeah, you really can't uh, rely on him to get a touchdown, but you look at Rivers, he's been throwing to him eight targets last game, and he's just kind of turned into his number one receiver right now, even though he is a tight end. So uh, I'm pretty happy with his production, and I think against the Falcons, he might be able to do some damage, uh, but this isn't a, 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 a way game, so you got to really take into account the uh, – San Diego flying all the way to Atlanta might mess him up a little bit. So I might be a little bit hesitant on him. Plus, since he does have three straight touchdowns, uh, recency bias might have his ownership level pretty high. So I think I might pass on him, but he still could have a good outing. Uh, Moving on, Mr. Todd, we had the Bills 45, the 49ers 16. Uh, Kaepernick was the QB for the 49ers. Uh, who are now one and five? He played, uh, and what did you think about his first game back after his whole Neil Gate or whatever people want to call it? Well, I mean, I thought it was interesting that he did get to Neil at the end of the first half, and he didn't screw that up because you know he's had so much practice recently. But on a more serious note, the guy showed pretty much that he's still Colin Kaepernick. He was very inconsistent. He made some good plays, but he also, you know, played badly at times as well. The thing that was interesting to me is that they really didn't run him that much. I mean, he ran a few times, but it seemed like he was still staying in the pocket. And on the read options, most of the time he just handed the ball off. And, you know, as bad as the game was, he still scored, if you're a DraftKings guy, 18 or 19 points for a a, a minimum salary, uh, got you three times X and almost four times X. I didn't check his salary yet this week, but I think as he goes forward, you're going to start seeing him run off of that read option more. And I still think he has the potential to win someone a million dollars. So I had... About 15% of him this week, and I think I'll probably go back to the well a little bit uh, against the Buccaneers team that certainly isn't the best defense in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think once they play a little bit more with Kaepernick against a weaker defense, I think they're going to let him do a little bit more in the running game. So moving on to the other side of the field with the Bills, who put up 45 
points. Huge game for them. Also a huge game for uh, Shady McCoy. But he hurt his knee, it sort of appears. Do you think he'll be fine going into this uh, upcoming matchup with the Dolphins? Yeah, you could hear thousands of DFS fans groan when he went down. Uh, At the time, it looked to me like he just got banged knees. Uh, it did go a little awkwardly, but everything I'm, I'm reading is that he's going to be fine, and he'll continue to be, as long as he's healthy, one of the best plays every week. And hopefully he starts going back to being uh, a little more under the radar. I still don't think people think of this as a high-powered offense since Sammy Watkins is gone, and both Tyrod Taylor and Shady McCoy um, are guys that – have to at least be on your radar and especially McCoy every week because he's getting the type of usage that you, you, you know you just dream about in your uh, daily fantasy players. Moving on to the next game, um, it was the Redskins and the Eaglets. The Eagles have now lost two games in a row and they get a really tough matchup versus the Vikings this week. The Redskins pull out the victory, and they get the Lions. Jordan Reed missed this game with another concussion, but his replacement, Vernon Davis, was able to score a TD. If Reed is out again, which seems likely, is Vernon Davis a guy that you're going to continue continue to look at in daily fantasy? Uh, it's really a tough thing just because you, you always know Kirk Cousin loves uh, throwing to tight ends. So, I mean, he does have a lot of opportunity here. Uh, He only had four targets, though, caught two of those, and he got a touchdown. So, if you took that touchdown out of it, he wouldn't have had a great day. Uh, But even so, at his decent price tag, I really don't mind him against these Lions. Um, And just a note on Redu seeing an independent doctor, I guess, uh, today today or tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. But he's still not ruled out uh, for week seven, even though it it is likely. Absolutely. And for the Eagles, Carson Wentz, after such a hot start, looked a little bit more like a rookie the last couple games. He did not have a really good game. It's his second straight loss and first game that he didn't throw a TD. Um, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz? Is it something you're concerned about? Do you think he's hitting an early rookie wall, or do you just think that he um, had a bad game on the road? No, I definitely think he might be hitting that wall. Uh, we've talked about how good he's been so far, and all of a sudden, two straight losses. He just he doesn't really seem to have it right now, and I, I got a lot of concern against this Vikings defense. Um, they're probably one of the best out there, maybe the best. So I really don't foresee Wentz doing too much in this game. Um, but I, I think once this goes on and he gets through this tough stretch, I think he might be able to turn it around. All right. All right. Yeah, absolutely, Todd. We're going to one of my favorite games of the week. It was the Titans who <laughs> beat the Browns in a close one, 28-26. I mean, I don't know why this wasn't the Sunday night game, but whatever. We now have the Browns. Uh, There's 0-6. Uh, what do you think their game plan is, and are they looking for the number one draft pick next I, I think it's pretty clear. I think it's pretty clear from the beginning um, once they, you know, they brought the, the money ball guy in, 
that that's what they were looking for. Now, whether they actually take the first pick or if they do what they did this year and continue to move back and, and take picks, I don't know what their end game's going to be. Or And I don't follow college enough to know if there's a quarterback out there that's going to be so good. Um, but they were a thin team that had um, really started looking to the future uh, you know, kind of the Philadelphia 76ers of the uh, NFL really just tanking for the future. And I think uh, as long as they make good picks, it will eventually work. But for this year, it's going to continue to be ugly. They lost Joel Batonio, who is a really, you know, one of their few really good players, and um, which is going to hurt my man Crowell a good bit. Um, it, it it just seems like they're a team that you, you you have to focus on playing, and the Bengals haven't looked good so far, and that might open up some pretty good opportunity this week for us to uh, look at in daily fantasy. Absolutely. Moving on to the other side of the ball, uh, Marcus Mariota had his second big week in a row. Uh, do you think this is a trend, um, or is this a fluke? Well, I, I think he was more talented than what he looked like the first couple of weeks. I still don't think he's got a head coach. And, uh, it, you know, I don't think that he's surrounded by enough weapons to consistently be a top play. But the Colts' defense, even though they're healthier than they were, is still not a great defense. And I, I do think that uh, at home this week, Mariota's got to be on your radar and DeMarco Murray uh, had a bit of a disappointing game. He was highly owned in DFS because it was such a good matchup against the Browns. And, he, you know, he, he saved his day with some late heroics. But really, it was, you know, we were expecting a much bigger game. Uh, but Mariota, every week, he's got that ability to put a couple touchdown passes up, get you 200 to 250 yards and run for a big gain like he did this week. He had a 50-yard run. So um, I think Mariota's a guy we got to continue to see how it goes and play him in good matchups, which I do think this week at home against the Colts is a good matchup. All right, so um, that will lead us into the next game. And that was my New York Giants defeating the Baltimore Ravens. A little bit of an upset there, even though it was a Giants home game. Um, the Giants running game, is it's just awful. And we really can't rely on anyone there. Uh, but Odell Beckham finally broke out. It looks like he's back to being himself. Just a huge ha- second half. Uh, 222 yards, two touchdowns. He also, again, saw 10 targets and caught eight of those passes. If you have him in season long, Nick, do you hold on to him or try and exploit a trade after his one big game? Uh, It's kind of a tough thing. I mean, right now I feel like a lot of people uh, would really want to get ODB. Uh, He's coming off two really good games. So I think if you have enough wide receivers and you need to fill something else out on your team, uh, why not explore the trade market? Uh, you might as well try to get him at his highest right now. And, and I think he's his value can only go down from here. So I know it's still early in the week. Try to do what you can before uh, before uh, the roster is locked for this upcoming week and see, see what's out there. And if not, you have a heck of a player still on your team. 
Yep. I, um, you know, again, I, I, you know, I was playing Beckham most weeks. I, I threw him in a couple lineups this week. Obviously, I wished I threw him into more lineups. You know, these top guys who have a couple bad weeks, the NFL is just one of those, you know, it's just so different. You know, you can have a couple bad weeks, and regression is such a big part of the NFL. Um, you, you've got to look for opportunities with these great guys after they've had a couple tough weeks. And, you know, Beckham was getting the targets. It wasn't like he wasn't. They just weren't being efficient. So they had a really good week, and I do think that there's a good chance against the Rams with a beat-up secondary that the Giants can exploit that again and have a good game with uh, OBJ. For the Ravens' offense, it looks like the new plan, now that they fired the uh, Mark Trestman and brought in Marty Morningweg, is to rush the ball when they're close down near the goal line, as evidenced by Terrence West's two touchdowns within three yards. West also saw 23 total touches. Um, There was a lot of talk about Kenneth Dixon coming in and taking over the lead back role, but after the big game by West, how do you see this playing out, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm all on Terrence West coming up into this game. Uh, you have a Jets whose defense just really isn't the same. I know it's the secondary, which causes a lot of issues, but it might also uh, help out on the run game. And I just think you got Terrence West. He had two touchdowns uh, all within five yards. I, I just think they're going to go to him whenever they get close. And against this Jets team, that just looks like a shell of uh, themselves, but defense-wise, I, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring for the Ravens, and, and West probably will see a, a good amount of that. Yep, yep, I, uh, I, I, I can see that, absolutely. Alrighty, Mr. Tad. The highest-scoring game of the week, Saints have 41, Panthers 38. Hope you took the over. Uh, when you went to Vegas over the weekend. Uh, anyways. Well, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't no. go to the Vegas, and I mostly faded this game because of high ownership that really never materialized. Uh, Drew Brees was only like 10% owned in the Millie Maker. So, uh, yeah, if you're wondering why I didn't have a very good week in Daily Fantasy, you don't need to look any further than, than this game. And I also didn't take much Kobe Fleener. Uh-oh. You are in trouble with the Fleener people. Anyways, Todd. Uh, it was obviously a huge game for the Saints. Uh, but now they're going to go on the road going into Kansas City. Any chance they can take that home magic with them and turn it around on the road, even with uh, Drew Brees, who's notoriously not the same QB on the road? Well, I, I, I don't see it. Kansas City's notoriously a difficult place to play on the road. It's very noisy. Um, and if I think if – I do think that there, it's possible that Breeze has, you know, one or two good road games in him. But uh, this is a really tough spot, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every time we talk about it, Breeze is just completely different on the road. And this Chiefs defense, uh, they looked good last week. You, you know, there were some doubts going into the game, so I'm definitely on the side of the Chiefs here. Uh, Yeah, I've got um, in SFB 480, I've got Breeze, Mariota, and Tyrod Taylor as my quarterbacks, 
and I'm going to seriously consider sitting Breeze for uh, Tyrod and Mariota in SFB 480. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Uh, moving on to the Panthers, one in five now. Uh, they made a game of it, came back a little bit, but fell short. Do you or I think they have any chance of rebounding and making the playoffs? Well, history would tell you that one in five teams don't make the playoffs. They still have enough ability to do it and to put a big streak together. But the, the concerning thing was, and I said it at the time, you know, as someone who watched a lot of their games last year, I said that Josh Norman, him not being there, you know, he was a really big part of what they did. Uh, He made a lot of big plays, and, you know, in a football game when each team only gets so many drives per game, you know, a guy who's, you know, once or twice a game making a huge play to end a drive and get you the ball, um, and the replacements, their their secondary just has been exploitable all year. So uh, unless they figure out on the back end, um, how to cover people? They're gonna they're gonna continue to be inconsistent. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings, go ahead. Do you have something to say on that one? No, I was just gonna reiterate your word. Basically, how Norman really does make a huge difference, and this team Panthers defense was so good last year. For them to give up 41 points, that's so alarming. And even though they, like you said, could go on a run, it, it's kind of uh, not likely at this point. Yeah, I I think that it's um, possible, but not likely. So we move on to the next game, and it is the Shaguars defeating the the Bears 17-16. Big comeback win for the Jaguars, but pretty disappointing in that offense. I mean, we really thought that Bortles and Robinson and Hearns were going to, you know, take another step forward this year. You can't really rely on anyone, even A-Rob. can you in this offense? No, absolutely not. I, I know they have a decent matchup against the Raiders where they could have a good game, but I, I'm i going to be honest, we have no idea what is going to happen with this offense. Um, Allen Robinson could have two touchdowns. Allen Hearns could have one. I just, at this point, with what Bortles is doing and this whole offense as a whole, it's just, it doesn't impress me. And I'm completely in a wait and see approach here. Yeah, I need to watch that replay because um, this is the perfect bounce-back spot to get, you know, uh, a real – you know, again, we just talked about OBJ and how he was getting the targets, but they just weren't efficient. And then they came home against an average team with a weak secondary and he had a big game. Um, I can't be describing, you know, this – situation anymore the Raiders have not been good on the back end this year despite bringing in a bunch of people uh, the Jaguars going to be home um, I, I'm going to I'm going to take a look at this because I think there's a huge possibility that this could be the week for the Jaguars um, and sometimes in DFS you have to yet you, you can't get overly emotional either way and um so i think it's an interesting spot 
As far as Chicago, Cam Meredith was just amazing again. He was a guy that I faded because I thought there were other options that could maybe match what he did. I was wrong. Um, you think this uh, that, that he is the real deal and he continues uh, his production uh, in the upcoming week as they go um, uh, in the early game on Thursday against the very disappointing Packers team? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough just because it is a short week for them. Um, and you have the Packers who, in my opinion, probably are pissed off losing at Lambeau uh, over the weekend. So I could definitely see them coming out and really taking it to the Bears. Uh, it's just one of those things. So I'm probably am off Cam Meredith in this week. But going forward, he's definitely a guy you have to uh, think about. And uh, if Cam Meredith has a bad game, uh, just think about how low his ownership might be the next following week. So that's something to keep an eye on. Well, for me, I, I think, again, this is a, a, a spot where I'll, you know, I don't I haven't been doing much with the Thursday slates, and I'll probably fade them um, because I don't, you know, the Thursday game tends to be a little over-owned. But he's getting the targets. And again, you know, I, I listen to Al Zeidenfeld a lot, and he's constantly going about how, you know, he, what he does isn't rocket science. He follows the usage and the targets. And before Meredith came in, Kevin White was getting a lot of that usage. Now Meredith is getting it. I think as long as Brian Horder's the quarterback, shockingly, they're going to keep feeding him and not Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely see that happening again Thursday game. I probably won't get much out of it. Uh, if I do play uh, heavy volume, anyone from this game, it might be just Cam Meredith. So going on to the next game now, we had the Lions beating the Rams in a very, very close one, 31-28. to 28. Both teams are now 3-3 three and three, heading into their uh, next matchups. Uh, for the Rams, Todd Gurley. He's been getting more and more targets, uh, but Cunningham is now back. Do we think Gurley will continue to get these targets? I have to say I think he will. I think he might not play as many plays, but they've been, uh, you know, he's he's done pretty well with the targets that he's gotten. Uh, they'd have to be pretty stupid, and I, I know I'm talking about Jeff Fisher, but they'd have to be pretty stupid just to stop throwing the ball at him. I still think he's going to get three to five targets every week. Um, the Giants are, unfortunately, for uh, girly owners, better against the run than the pass. Um, Kenny Britt had a huge game, and I played him in one of my fantasy leagues, um, and it wasn't enough to put me over the top, unfortunately. But uh, Kenny Britt, you know, has been one of those guys every week in DFS I look at and I stare at. And then I don't play. And this last week, he had some big game, didn't he? Absolutely. Does he stare back at you, though? Um, I, I think that against the Giants, you, you just kind of have to look at him again. I, again, I haven't looked at salary for this week. Uh, but anytime you've got a guy who has that kind of potential, who's in the you know the 4K range um, against the weak defense, it's got to be someone you're at least looking at. Absolutely. Now on to the Lions side, the fierce Lions. Uh, our friend Golden Tate, and he's not a serial, everybody. Uh, Golden Tate finally had a big game. 
So everyone who drafted in the fourth round hoped he would be a reg- this would be a regular occurrence. Uh, do you think Tate will continue to play better against the Redskins this week? Or could it also be a Marvin Jones week? Well, this is a frustrating one because, you know, just when you think you've got a team figured out, you know, and, you know, Tate is a guy that you're not playing anymore and his salary drops and, um, you know, it it would be easier for everyone if we knew what we were going to get and it's going to give me just enough worry that I'm going to find it hard to play too many uh, Lions this week. The Redskins are awful against the run, but the Lions, it'll be interesting to see who, which running backs are healthy for the game. So um, if I'm, it, it might be difficult, you know, depending on salary, it might be difficult for me to take a chance on any of the Lions this week. Absolutely, we move that. Yep, and we move on to the next game, which was the Dolphins upsetting the Steelers. Not just upsetting them, but injuring Ben Roethlisberger, keeping Antonio Brown down. I mean, you know, again, we talk about Breeze, and it's uh, maybe a little more noticeable with the home road splits. But again, the home road splits kill the, the those who rostered Bell and Brown. And, um, like, you know, everyone in DFS salivated over this matchup for the Steelers, and they weren't able to muster much. Ben's ruled out this week against the Pats. Nick, is there anyone on this squad you feel good about against the sometimes tough Pats defense? Absolutely not. I'm staying away. Uh, Everything just changes when Roethlisberger's out of there. Uh, We saw it last year for a little bit. Brown just doesn't get out of the completions, the targets, whatever. And Le'Veon Bell, despite him being good, I think this Pats defense is one of the better ones this year. So uh, I personally am staying away from this. Uh, You have the Patriots who are really fired up going up against uh, the team without Roethlisberger, and and, uh, they're just really going to hand it to him, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll probably have a couple Bell lineups because he is the only option there. Um, and it, even Landry Jones can complete screen passes uh, and little drop-offs, but um, it, it really is difficult to, to, to put too much of your money in, into anyone on this team um, because Landry Jones just proved to be completely awful last year, and I don't expect much from him this year. Uh, over for the Dolphins, just when everyone was giving up hope, they put up a huge game. Jay Ajayi, even with Foster back, had the biggest performance of his career and the biggest performance of any running back on Sunday with over 200 rushing yards. He looked really good on my bench in SFB 480. Um, What do we think of Ajayi going forward? It's a tougher matchup against the Bills. Do we think this was a one-week occurrence, or do we think the Dolphins have found their starting running back? Yeah, I think it was more of a fluke, uh, especially going into this this matchup here against the Bills. The Bills were able to hold uh, Carlos Hyde for only 52 yards last week. So I personally think that uh, Ajay is going to have a, a tough, tough day. Um, but I think it's a uh, wait-and-kind-of-see approach, to be honest with you, after this week. Uh, like you said, Foster's back, and Ajay had 25 carries. So 
he definitely for one week looked like the guy, and I just think it's a little too early to uh, give it all to him. Uh, moving on to the uh, New England game, Patriots, they were down a little bit, but then they came back and, and kind of blew out the uh, Bengals, 35-17. to 17. Um, We had angry Tom Brady. He was off to a slow start, but found his groove uh, when he started throwing to both the tight ends in the second half. Is this a trend, or will we have to guess each week whose Brady's tar- number one targets will be? Well, I think, unfortunately, a little of both. I think you're going to see that, you know, Gronk looks like Gronk, and as long as he looks like Gronk, he's going to get fed. Uh, and I, I think he makes a really good play most weeks. Um, the Steelers are not good against the tight end. Uh, so this week I could see uh, Gronk just having a monster game uh, again. And Bennett looks like he is going to not only keep people off of Gronk a little bit, but do uh, be a pretty consistent guy himself uh, from week to week. But at the same time, they do have so many options, and this is why I say it's a little bit of both. It really is hard to predict which guy is going to go off because Tom Brady's going to hit the open guy. And uh, so I, I think, you know, there will be a focus on the tight ends, but it's not something you can be 100% confident in. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. And I know you talked about it last week, potentially going naked Brady. Um, I don't know if you want to do that again, but it definitely seems likely here uh, in this upcoming match against the Steelers. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, Yep. Did you have something? No. No? Oh, I heard movement. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Did, but oh, already. You know, I got into that one I was, time I was just going to share some more Gronk love for this week, but go ahead. Oh, did you want to read his erotic novel? Uh, absolutely not. No? Oh, already. I don't, like, I don't like him personally. I know a lot of people he amuses, but he just seems like a big dumb jerk but he's a big, dumb jerk who can play football really, 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 really well. And I'm able to separate the two. And he could win you a shipload of money. (laughs) Yeah, well, I faded him completely in season long, which I still think was the right move because he's just been getting dinged a lot. And, uh, you know, sure enough, for four weeks, you know, I mean, if you made Gronk your first-round pick, you might be 0-4 to start. Um and, you know, I don't know that every week he's going to pay off a, a number one salary, um, you know, a number one pick. Um, th- you know, so I, I, I don't regret it at this point. But last week I started regretting it a little bit. Yeah, well, there's still a lot of time for him to get hurt. There we go. Yeah, on you know, once game. people start getting those nagging injuries, it does seem like it's, you know, it, it's something that you just got to be careful with. And yeah, again, I'm not against. I'm, yeah, I'm not against Gronk. I mean, I just again, if I think a guy is getting dinged regularly, I I want to get a discount. And if the rest of the world isn't giving you that discount, then you pass on him. I mean, if Gronk's out there at two six, two seven, two ten, uh, yeah, I I I'll take some Gronk shares. But at you know one ten to two two where he was going. Um, you know, I, I just think that there were enough enough other good guys out there 
that I didn't need to take a chance on a guy who had been dinged up a lot. All righty, great stuff. Let's move on to the Bengals here. Um, two and four, they look pretty bad. Do you see them turning that around? And also, what do you make of uh, Mr. Gio Bernard? He's gotten a little bit more touches lately out of the Bengals' backfield. Well, I, I thought they would be a little down this year compared to last year. Um, I think Hugh Jackson is, you know, a, a really good offensive coordinator, and I thought losing him, um, I mean, he just has a way of getting best years out of guys. And so, uh, you know, I, and, and I think that they were silly to let both Sanu and Marvin Jones go and not bring in anyone but Brandon LaFell. I thought that was a major downgrade to the offense, and it's proving to be that. Um, and they didn't plan on Tyler Eifert being out this long, but he has. And they're two and four, and they need Eifert to come back and play well. But this is a, a, a get better sp- uh, spot. Uh, I'm not worried about Jeremy Hill. I think it still will be a 50 50 split over the long run, but Hill's been banged up, so Bernard's been getting um, more time. And also, you know, game script, if you're down in the second half, uh, by a, a touchdown or two, which they were, you're going to have your pass catching back in. Uh, on to the next game. Chiefs go into Oakland and put a whomping on the Raiders. Um, David Carr had, not David Carr, uh, Derek Carr had a bad game. Uh, we need to talk about the obvious here, though. The big story was Jamal Charles was back, and it was really good to see. But Spencer Ware also played really good. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we both need to talk about how we see this Chiefs backfield going moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, Charles wanted to get his feet a little bit wet. So uh, I I think this upcoming week he he should get a lot of carries. Um, I saw someone, I, I, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say or where I said it, where I saw it, but definitely someone was saying how they uh, predict Charles to uh, have the most uh, fantasy points from here on out, which to me is a little uh, ballsy. So I'm not going to say that, but I definitely think he's in line for some more uh, touches this week. You know, I think that guys get into this, you know, almost every podcast and one thing that we don't do here and I don't think and the mauler and I don't do it at the end of the week is do bold calls. I mean, it's fun, it's entertaining, but you know, basically you're trying to pull something out of your butthole every week and hope it happens. Um, you know, I mean, that's a bold call. Great. He made whoever it was made a bold call, but if you think logically, and I think you have to look at things logically in life, Spencer, first of all, Andy Reid is, you know, a very pragmatic coach. He's got a 29-year-old running back who's come off two major injuries in the last three, four years. And you've got another option in Spencer Ware who has been playing, you know, just dynamite football. I mean, I watched a good bit of that game, and as good as Charles looked, Ware looked just as good. So I don't know that, you know, it makes sense – for them to give Charles more than 60% of the workload in any given week. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think they're going to be cautious with him. And now that they have that uh, dynamic option, Spencer Ware, um, you don't really need to rely too much on Jamal Charles, which kind of might hinder his uh, productivity. Yep. On the other side of the ball, I mentioned that Derek Carr didn't have a good week, but Amari Cooper had another good week. Um, he was getting the targets, but just not getting the touchdowns. He kind of uh, played into some bad luck, just missing a few. Um, they get a game against the Jaguars on the road. The Jaguars have been surprisingly good against the pass, though, this uh, this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Raiders offense this week against uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the well. I know, like you just said, the Jaguars have been a little bit better uh, against the pass. But to be honest with you, this, this offense, they have a lot of weapons, and definitely Cooper, uh, he's definitely up there. He gets basically all, uh, all the targets, and you just have to like your chances with him. And at the end of the day, the, the uh, touchdowns will come. Uh, it's kind of a tough thing to predict touchdowns so I don't think you're going to be uh, too sad about Cooper if he's getting 120 plus yards week in and week out with a a heck of a bunch of catches especially in PPR leagues Uh, so we are in the home stretch here we got the Seahawks they scored 26 points to beat the Falcons uh, 26-24 Seahawks are are, uh, 4-1 uh, and the offense still isn't playing that well. What do you make of the pros and cons of the Seahawks offense? And what do we do with them going forward? I think you're, you're starting to see them be uh, more balanced overall. Jimmy Graham is a good play as long as his salary stays low, but I don't know how long that's going to happen. Um, there's a guy I missed out on uh, who I had drafted a little bit early and then just completely stopped in MFL 10s. Um, I bought into the whole uh, Patel tendon narrative. And, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, you can't really trust anything that guy says. So, um, you know, but uh, he's back. I mean, he is uh, Jimmy Graham. And even though he didn't look that great before the injury, he's looking great now. I think it downgrades the rest of the offense. I think Tyler Lockett, who I disagreed with those who thought he was going to be the big breakout star this year. Um, I didn't see it. He's, you know, he was behind curse. And now you got Jimmy Graham playing. Uh, you got Kristen Michael playing well. Um, it's very hard for me to look at any of these Seahawks players for daily fantasy other than Jimmy Graham or maybe Baldwin. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see that. Uh, I guess Wilson. Uh, I mean, Michael and Wilson too. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is you got to pick your spots with these guys. Yeah, I definitely see that. I know uh, Russell really hasn't done what everyone's expected him to do, but I just say that's because of his new marriage and his new extra, uh, his extra time doing other things. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so now we are on to the Falcons. They had a slow start. Um, and they came back to take the lead before eventually falling to Seattle. What do we make of the Falcons based on this week? And are they for real? And kind of a weak uh, division, you have to say. Are they a, a contender for it? Uh, kind of have to be. And what about for the uh, NFC in general? 
Well, I think it was a very disappointing loss because they, you know, they 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 came out in the second half and showed what kind of team they are. They could have just, you know, the Seahawks were ahead and then they came back in the second half on the road in a very tough place to play. I think what they proved even though they lost is that they're a serious contender in their division. But I'm not ready to say yet that they'll be a, uh, a you know a Super Bowl contender. But Matt Ryan really seems to have taken a step up, back to where he was a couple years ago, and you know they're playing those two running backs and they're getting a lot out of both, and uh, you know they're they're a dangerous offense and I really like them this week against the Chargers. Yeah, I agree with you there, uh, Chargers and they only allowed 13 points, but that was a fallacy, and they're going to give up a shipload of points, my prediction this week. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good game to look at. Uh, I'm a little late. Uh, I was I was drowning my sorrows from my bad week, and I really haven't started yet. I needed a day to digest, um, and I was out working all day. All right, so we move on to the Cowboys defeating the Cowboys. Dak Prescott threw three touchdowns. And Ezekiel Elliott, no, Ezekiel Elliott rushed for over 150 yards. Pretty impressive, especially going into Lambeau. Were you as surprised as I was with the Cowboys in this matchup? I mean, you have to be, really. Um, you look at how their two young guys have performed, three touchdowns for uh, Prescott and the 150 yards. is just really, really good game overall for both players. Um, and yeah, they kind of took it to the Green Bay defense and really, uh, really impressed me. Uh, there's really not much else to say that, uh, you don't see that too often teams like this, especially young teams going into Lambeau and kind of really manhandling the Packers. Yeah. I, um, I originally had like, uh, close to, you know, 13% of Dak. I you know, and I had him naked. I thought that there was a good – I think I mentioned it. If I didn't mention it on the show we did, I mentioned it with the Mauler that I thought that if they could stop the run, that Dak would have to do more and they might be playing from behind. What I didn't see was him playing so well with them playing, you know, ahead. Uh, But Dak's the real deal. Um, I don't know how you turn the, 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 you know, I don't know how you take that guy out of the lineup to put in old Tony Romo. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they will. Um, over to the Packers, they're three and two, but they haven't shown us a lot. The offense didn't look good last year. I didn't buy the whole narrative that they were down last year because of Jordy. I've mentioned that on a few different podcasts because Rodgers just didn't look good. Um, they should have a, a, a cakewalk against the Bears this week, but going forward, is this a playoff team? And what do you make of Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I'm concerned to be honest with you. Um, I think this week they're gonna just they're gonna have a, a really good game, but it's just a shame it's on a, on a Thursday, so you really can't utilize it all too well. Uh, but yeah, I mean they just don't look like it. They have all their weapons there, and they're just not putting things together. And like you said, Rodgers just he hasn't been the Rodgers of old, and I, I don't know where we go from here. I definitely think you should uh, kind of stay away from him in DFS purposes um, and, until he really turns it on. I just, I, I don't know what has gotten into him. Like you said, last year without Jordy, it might have been it. But 
who knows? So I'm in a complete wait and see kind of uh, kind of a uh, circle, and just hoping that uh, sometime Aaron Rodgers will turn it around. You know, I jokingly said on Twitter uh, to Scott Pianowski, uh, he asked if anyone could uh, give a reason why Aaron Rodgers has been so bad. I'd be willing to consider anything. And I joked and said, uh, well, you know, he started playing bad around the time he started dating Olivia Munn. And, uh, you know, he got all upset at me. I'm like, geez, it was a joke. But then I saw some other people on Twitter talking about the Munn effect. Um, I mean, I've I've seen stranger things than, you know, a relationship affecting you. Um, it certainly could affect your focus if you, you know, uh, someone who, you know, is fully focused on one thing and now you're focused on two things. You mentioned Russell Wilson and his marriage. Is there any credence to this Olivia Munn theory? At the end of the day, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are both human beings. And sure, they have other things going on in their lives besides football and God forbid they, they have something else, but it, it could be affecting them. I definitely see that. And it's not just in football. You see that kind of other places too. And people are going through struggles in real life. They just, sometimes they can't focus. And I'm not saying that this is the reason for Rogers and Wilson, but you have to think that. It might be that he's happy. Is. Yeah. I mean, he can be very happy miserable. with her and, and it could take his focus off. So uh, again, um, it's hard to point the finger at that being it, but I, I thought that their reaction that there was no way that it could be part of the equation was a little bit, uh, you know, overlooking something that might be. Um, so I'm not willing to tag it, but uh, I'm not willing to completely dismiss it either. How about that? Oh, ab- absolutely. You never know what's going on. Who knows? Maybe he's trying to get in touch with his uh, bachelor uh Bachelor brother, who knows? Um, she's a she's a nice looking woman. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I'm not saying she's ugly, but I don't know. She's just weird. I was forced to watch some of the Bachelor this uh, Bachelorette this year, so don't judge me out there, people. But it was just uh, I don't know. It, it was a whole weird relationship. So that's another podcast that I'm not going to be on. So we're going to move on to the second to last <laughs> game here. Uh, Texans one. 26 to 23 broke my heart. Titans are not tied for first place, but besides the point, um, the huge Brock Osweiler comeback, kind of good to see, I guess. Haven't really seen much out of him this year after uh, the first week. Um, can we hope that he picks it up going forward, or was this just because it's the Colts' defense? I I think that you have to say right now that he is in the category of play him against bad matchups and don't play him against tough matchups. Play him against good matchups and not uh, definitely don't play him against an angry Bronco team uh, on the road. Um, You know, I I, I mean, if you want to take a chance on Fuller, go ahead, but I'm probably avoiding the Texans other than Lamar Miller this week because I do think – I do think you can attack this Broncos team on the ground. Yeah, I could definitely see as Broncos defense tough in the air, somewhat weak in the ground. Um, but hey, it's up in the air. It's going to be in uh, 
Denver. Hey, do they still call it Sports Authority Field? I'm sorry? Do they still call uh, Denver's home field uh, Sports Authority Field? I'm old. I still think of it as Mile High Stadium, even though it's obviously not anymore. Oh, no, no. I just asked because Sports Authority closed. And I, and I think oh, they no, they the changed it. Score. You're right. Oh, did they change it? I did hear – I heard someone else talking about it. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's no sports authority field anymore. I think they're looking for a new couple million a year from some other – someone else. Yeah, I, I used to work there for a little bit. That was interesting. But, again, that, that's not what we're here to talk about. So, uh, on to the Colts. Um, honestly, they just – might not be any good. Uh, do you think they might turn it around? And if you don't think they're good, why do you think they're bad? Well, their general manager kind of sucks. And, you know, they've made, you know, a lot of bad picks. Um, they focused on the wrong things. Um, you know, the Philip Dorsett as a number one pick thing didn't make sense when they did it. He was a bit of a reach. He hasn't been playing good. And um, they had so many other needs. So, um, you know, everyone wants to tag and say that Luck isn't as good as he should be. But the guy is under pressure every game. He still puts up good numbers. um, And, you know, he just doesn't have the team around him. So, uh, I'm putting the blame on, and I'm starting to think Pagano's not that good either. So, um, yeah, uh, I think the Colts are going to be, you know, a seven and se- a seven and nine, eight and eight type team. Uh, speaking of teams that have disappointed and not played up to what we thought they could be, what an embarrassment the Jets have become. Forte can't run the ball. Fitzpatrick all of a sudden is just awful. Um, it's like he was. Uh, you know, he, he's turned back into a pumpkin that we all thought he was before he played well a couple times with Chan Gailey. And their defense hasn't been playing well. Any hope for this team? Not at all. Um, I mean, there's really not a lot to like on the offense, and there's definitely not a lot to like on the defense. So I'm definitely staying away from the Jets. Uh, I know they do have a home game um, against the Ravens, but – uh, it's just it, you're not going to get me to play hardly anyone for the Jets. Maybe Brandon Marshall, but at the end of the day, even then, you need someone to throw the ball to him. And Fitzpatrick just doesn't yeah. look like he has it. Yeah, I agree. For that salary, it's very difficult to justify. Nick, I know you've been a big believer in Dave Johnson. Um, he killed me in one league. Oh, uh, I needed Fitz to score to win in one league, and I was playing against David Johnson and the others, so I had to go to bed early and, you know, take a little drink, uh, fall asleep. Uh, are you happy that this is finally happening? What do you do with DJ in a tough weekend matchup with the Seahawks? Yeah, absolutely. I'm ecstatic. Um, ever since last year, he's been phenomenal, and he just keeps put it on every week in and week out and every week you think he's, he has a tough matchup or something and he's not going to do it and he still does so I really don't mind him against Seahawks um, this upcoming week I think you can sort of attack them a little bit on the ground and he's also a threat too in the passing game so uh, I, I think he can come at you with a lot of different uh, things and that's why I really like David Johnson 
potentially yeah, get him low ownership too. I'm so disappointed that I, you know, it was. It's so hard when you're hearing all these things on Twitter. Um, I was on him early, and I let, um, you know, I, I still own a decent amount in MFL tens, but. He was a guy that I really liked where I was getting early, late in the first round in drafts, and uh, I'm so disgusted. I'm so disgusted. I think it's time to end the podcast. Great job, uh, Nick. Always good doing this show with you. I've been enjoying it. Uh, Looking forward to doing it with you next week. And that is pretty much it. Um, I, I talked about where you can find the podcast earlier. You can find Nick at the Inefficient 2 on Twitter and me at Todd with 1D from PA. Um, this week was not a great week for me. I got lost in a world of fantasy, and I'm going to leave you with triumph and world of fantasy. Goodbye, Nick. Have a good one. You too, bud.